Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Building Your Business right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Susan Young. She talks about the importance of the three Vs in your business. What are those three Vs and how can they help you? One thing that drives her bonkers is watching people trying to explain their business with the wrong words and delivery. Aside from feeling embarrassed, they are leaving money on the table every single time. Let's clear this up for you and get on track and speak for confidence, clarity, and charisma. Then you can grow your business you want, you deserve. You've got this, and she's about to share some of those hints today. So what are the three Vs? She says all of them have the same three key Vs in their core. Uh, not one of the key Vs is ever missing. So what are the three keys, you wonder? Messaging that clearly slope deep value to your dream clients because they always um, it's always about keeping their results in mind, not yours. A story and offer that reveals the vision of your dream client's desire. Heartfelt stories that how, show prospects of um, that they understand them at the deep core level. They know their wants and desires beyond a goofy avatar. And three, the irresistible memorizing and charisma charismatic voice for people who are you already buy. Uh, sorry, I get a little tongue-tied here today, but let's dive into those three Vs in a little more detail. A lot of people have a great idea, maybe even a great business, um, but delivery is something that they're not always great on. And also, you know, times have changed. We have to deliver through video now, you know, uh, social media, little spots and things like that. And people don't always know how to do that or it becomes too much about the pitch or maybe too much about themselves and not a happy balance. So how do we get there? Welcome to the show, Susan. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah. Appreciate it. Um, just to disclaimer fix, we do have a little humming on that side today. Technology is technology. Sometimes we have no control over it, but the content is still going to be wonderful. So the three V's, um, let's discuss V1, um, how we get there. So lay it all out for us, please. Sure. Um, so the first V is about value and values. So what do you value as an entrepreneur, as a business leader? And what value do you bring to the marketplace? Most of the people that I work with, I'd say about 95%, um, feel like they don't have a worthy and valuable story to share with, with the market, with other people. And so it comes down to how do you value yourself and the expertise and the skills that you bring to the marketplace and, and what people need from you. Um, you know, you started your business for a reason. You've got offers, you've got packages, you've got products, whatever. Um, but if people don't know about it, you don't have a business because <laughs> if you don't know how to sell or close the deal or sign a contract, no matter how much you feel icky and you know awkward about sales or you know don't want to be obnoxious or in anybody's face, um, we still have to sell something. Money still has to change hands. So um, it's about the value that you bring to the marketplace in within your story. How do you share your story in such a way that it's compelling, it's valuable? and you show up in the marketplace 
um, show, you know, showcasing your values and uh, bringing your value in a humble and um, inviting way. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. So um, that's one, the first V is value. To, to comment to that, authenticity, right? You know, uh, I always say that um, you are your business. So if you want people to do business with you, they have to buy you first. And do they feel your authenticity? Do they feel your passion? Do they feel your commitment? Do they feel you're qualified? And that does come in the way that we present ourselves, isn't it? So, you know, as I said, so many people have got a script down, but it is a script. And that's what people hear rather than hearing something from themselves of why they're so passionate to serve their clientele. Yes, it's really about um, being you. And, and I just literally, before we went, you know, turned the cameras on here and got together, I was uh, doing a video on exactly that, on how do you show up and be authentically simple. Mm. You don't have to study this. You don't need the script. You just have to be you. That's it. That's all people want. You know, I mean, they call it social media because social. Mm. So how do you act like a human being? How do you show up as you? Um, you can't show up as Sarah. You can't show up as Susan. You can't show up as Brene Brown or Grant Cardone or whoever it is or Oprah. You, you have to show up as you <laughs> yeah. and believe, you know, in, in your deep, deep core that you are enough, that you have yes. what people are looking for. And so once we can get rid of that negative self-talk, that soundtrack, that story in mm-hmm. our minds, which I reprogram, you know, subconscious minds through my NLP training is that. Once we get past and out of our own heads, you know, out of our own way with our own story, then we can show up as authentic as being you and being confident enough to say, I am enough. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with me. There never was. No, there's no. Wrong you and there never was. Yeah. yeah. You know, I always refer to that scene when Harry met Sally. I'll have what she's having. You know, and you want, <laughs> you want that kind of enthusiasm, you know, your excitement about what you're representing what you know what you're selling because we're all selling something and understand we're trying to build relationships and if we are excited about it and i don't mean the high pitch ah, rah, rah, because everybody's <laughs> right. tired of rah rah right you know we've had a few decades of that and we're really bored with it it's like well how genuine are you and does it work do you use it does it work do you feel confident with it and you know if it feels like well i've got to have what she's having because it's clearly working and so we really have to be whatever service we're offering true and and you know when i started my business like 21 years ago uh, somebody said to me one of my early clients said to me um you know you're just the real deal mm-hmm. and it's just like show up and you know you can try to pretend to be, you know, or imitate somebody or emulate them or whatever word you want to use. But, and I don't love the word authentic. I just think it's overused. And yeah, it I is. Unfortunately. To, I tend not to use that word, but it is as simple as just showing up as yourself because you can't make a mistake mm-hmm. when you show up as, you know, if you're trying to be Oprah or Grant Cardone or Brene Brown, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, you're going to trip yourself up because it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't, date, you know, so you get so caught up in that minutiae detail of trying to be somebody else that you can't be yourself. So I just always invite people to be yourself and to just, you know, be the real deal so that people want to, you know, they pick up on that for sure. They want to, they want to know more. The old saying, you know, be yourself, everybody else is taken. Exactly. (laughs) You know, and, and that comes down to the confidence as you were referring to before. If you don't have self-esteem, if you don't have self-value, 
that is always going to come forth. It's going to represent in the way you present yourself. Now, we, you know, we don't want the overconfidence where you're, you know, overextending yourself to you to your true confidence. But we do want the confidence and I really do believe in who I am and what I'm doing. And that does require people to do some work. So somebody may have a great business idea. It's going to really, really work. Never mind learning the marketing skills and you know the importance of, of how to present it. They've got to make a connection with it themselves and what value is it, as you said earlier, to them. And find that self-value in themselves. And I find for so many people, there's almost an underlying apology that comes out when they're trying to sell something or inspire somebody on something. And that underlying apology is that insecurity, isn't it? It is. And uh, that, that's a really good point that you make, Sarah, is that, um, you know, if, if we don't believe, our, there's two basic laws of marketing. One is that people have to know you exist and two is they have to believe you. Mm-hmm. But the question is, do you believe you? Yeah. You know, and so that's where it comes down to, okay, I can't show up as myself or um, I'm not feeling confident or I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough, educated enough, qualified enough, you know, don't have the skills, talent, whatever. And again, that comes back to that same old negative story in our heads that dictate how we live our lives. And so once we can reprogram our subconscious minds, and it's really, you know, it's not about um, therapy or anything or any, you know, I mean, this is just proven science that, and this is where I take my clients is that we start right where we are. We don't need to rewind. I mean, I've I've dabbled in therapy. I've been in therapy. So open book here. We don't need to go crying to the therapist on the couch or whatever, as we, you know, see on TV, but we can just reset and start here and move forward in such a way that is, is lighter and friendlier and easier on everybody, on yourself. You know, there's no, you know, this, the level of self-hate or self-loathing or low self-esteem shifts. Um, and, and you're really able to uh, get excited and enthusiastic about your story and what you offer and, and what you do. Because in the end, if you don't love your story, mm-hmm. they won't either. Right. Right. And, you know, it's like, We'll go and get our hair redone. We'll go and buy a new wardrobe. We'll go and do new makeup, you know, to present ourselves in a different light. But that exterior must match the interior. And so, as you say, you know, from starting from scratch, doesn't matter what's happened to you in the past. That's where it belongs in the past. Take off that heavy coat because it's weighing you down. As you're setting up your new wardrobe, Right. Let that be a new wardrobe from the inside out as well. A new perspective, a new vision on life. Um, it's a blank canvas painted as you want to see it, as you want it to represent. And don't let those past dictations uh, or repressions get in your way, because you can tell when it starts seeping through the canvas and it go, uh-uh, sorry, you don't belong here. So we have to look at these things as... I'm excited about my business and what I want to do and who I want to serve and how I want to represent it. But my canvas must represent that too from the inside out. Yeah. And it's interesting that you use that phrase because that's what I call it. Um, you know, in the, in the programs that I offer in the group and private coaching is that it's about, I call it inside out storytelling. Mm-hmm. First, we fix the soundtrack and that story in your head. And then we write down the, um, you know, we use the exact formulas for the short introduction, like the 30 second elevator pitch. And then the longer story of when somebody says, tell me about yourself. Like, oh my gosh, my head doesn't explode. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have the right words in the right order at the right time. 
because if you don't have the story straight in your head and actually feel and believe that you are worthy and valuable to show up, you can't show up in the marketplace with that charisma that you talked about, with that confidence, not the, you know, the in your face, you know, bluff, blustery, um, you know. Well, that's fake anyway, whatever, but, right? Yeah, that's not, right. That's not genuine, yeah. So, um, yeah, just it's really just a sense of having that quiet confidence and that humility. And that, that quiet confidence um, projects out and people are then drawn to you. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. You could be in that elevator. You're not going to get into the elevator and immediately start doing your 30-second pitch to everyone. Right. But you may make an eye contact with someone. You know, oh, bumpy ride, oh, the weather, you know, whatever the door opener is. But if they feel you, they feel your presence, they're drawn to that presence. That's when that 30 second pitch um, shouldn't, you should have a few of them, I think, not just the one on pitching what you do, but, you know, on a representation of who you are, because then people want to know what you do. Correct. And, and, you know, there's times where we have to, we rewrite different versions of, you know, both the, the short introduction that I referred to and the longer introduction, um, the sto- more of the story, like the highlights reel of your life, because, um, you know, you might, you have to really think on your feet. And what I teach really, it, it comes down to, Sarah, is that it's deep listening. Mm-hmm. It's not just active listening where, you know, you repeat somebody's name or you sum up some of the points and, you know, we're kind of like faking it a little bit, but we've got these mental distractions going on because we're <laughs> always with our phones and with, yes. you know, the, the, the alerts and the pings and the messages yes. and all that stuff that pulls us away from the here and now from the conversation. So when we are able to use deep listening skills, it's called silent listening. Mm-hmm. And the word listen and the word silent are the same letters in a different order. It's an anagram. Mm-hmm. And so we need to silence our minds so that we can be fully present. And, you know, when you were talking about a minute ago about low self-esteem, um, it's people who, that, that's why it's so important to be in the present, in, in the mm-hmm. now. One of my coaches told me years ago, um, wherever my feet are, my head is. Mm-hmm. So to be fully present and right here with you, I'm not worried that, you know, the dinner's not ready or the gas, any gas in the car or the FedEx didn't come. I'm here with you. Right. This is all we have. So um, research shows that people who suffer from depression tend to live in the past mm-hmm. and people who have anxiety tend to live in the future. They worry about things that haven't happened and probably won't. 90% of the things we worry about don't happen. So all we have is here. So where are my feet sitting right here, you know, on this, on this couch and, and being here with you. And that's where um, things get a little bit lighter. I'm, you know, I, I completely agree, you know, on everything you said there, and especially the phone, you know, being present with someone doesn't mean, you know, having your phone on. Now, if you're having coffee with someone, it's a casual coffee, your phone is on. If a call comes, do you mind if I take this? You know, it's important, or I just need to respond to this. You're having a casual conversation. If you're in a meeting, switch it off. Right. And, you know, being present means that you are honoring the company you are with. You are engaged with them vibrationally, physically, emotionally, um, mentally. And that presence of that communication, you're building a relationship here. We know all businesses, relationships. Right. And so if you're not willing to give somebody the time to pay attention, to listen, to show that you care, why should they care to do business with you? Exactly. And, and it really comes down to, you know, 
as we get into the holiday season, it's, you know, it, what gifts are you doing? You know, we can get, all we have to do is give the gift of your attention. You don't have to shop for it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to gift wrap it. You don't have to have it shipped or delivered or, you know, whatever. You just have to pay attention in that moment. But it really does come full circle to what we were talking about a couple of minutes ago is, you know, that you have to really um, pay attention to have, if you need different versions of your introduction of your story. Mm-hmm. And that's where the deep listening and being in the moment, you know, ties into because if, you know, I mean, I've done work, for example, with um, nonprofits. I used to do a lot of, my company started as a media relations, as a publicity PR company, because um, I was a news reporter. Mm-hmm. So um, I, you know, got a lot of people, a lot of publicity, but then we morphed into to other things, you know, communication and public speaking and all of that. So um, people would say to me, uh, you know, who do you work with? And some of my clients were nonprofits. But they don't use the same language as entrepreneurs who say you want to make more money, you want revenue, you want clients. You know, nonprofits will say things like, you know, we want more stakeholders and donations and campaigns. So when I'm in a breakfast meeting with people who are nonprofit executives, I have to speak their language and use exactly. their lingo and not talk about revenue and money because that's a no-no in the nonprofit world, which is fine. Right. But right. you have to, you do have to think on your feet and be fully present and be able to, to kind of read the room a little bit. Um, I kind of like, I liken it to being a realtor where you have the buyer's agent and the seller's agent. You're not going to use the same few words, you know, the opening line or introduce yourself to a buyer is the same thing that you would say to a seller. Mm -hmm. No, um, you certainly aren't. Not if you don't go on with different results. You know, it reminds me of somebody many, many years ago who went with a company and she was constantly trying to sell me these fake nails. And she said, they're fantastic. And your nails grow underneath and this, that, et cetera. I had three young children. The last thing I wanted was fake nails. But yeah. eventually she got me to go to one of the, the meetings and I discovered that they had a whole beautiful health and wellness and, and clean platform. And in an actual fact, it changed my life physically completely. But instead of listening to what I needed and saying this is the product for it she was selling me what she was excited about even though it didn't fit my lifestyle so you really do need to know your client and you know your client through listening to them and once they're finished you say I hear you I you know I hear you I know what you know the difficulties I can relate to that this is something that I think might help um and it is game when we're tired of the force you know um I remember one MLM that I was conned into, you know, buy low, sell high. And it, I got <laughs> yeah. hives with that place because it was just, I mean, the stuff was subpar. It was, everything it was about just getting people to buy with no consequences, no conscience. And I just couldn't be there. Um, and that thing is, can you stand by what it is you are selling, service or product? Can you stand by it? Can you be... Um, somebody that really does believe in it because we we've got quite savvy as um consumers on the fake news on the the fake product and you know oh this is just a sales pitch it's too good to be true so and we want to know how does it fit in our lives and is it truly going to make a difference and so we need to know that our clients lives to know whether this is going to fit and what will fit for them Exactly. And, and most of the time, you know, when people, when you're meeting with a prospect or, a, you know, your ideal client, you want to get their business and, and help them out. 
um, most of the time, you know, we just miss things because of these mental distractions. And so when you're able to pay, you know, that use those deep listening skills, the silent listening, um, that you understand them at a deeper level and you make the connections that you're going to blow your competitors away because you're not coming in with a preconceived agenda. Right. You're just coming in as something like, I, I think I can help you. Maybe it's a good fit. Let's have a right. conversation. That's what sells. You don't need, um, you know, slick marketing ads and, and all that. As I say, you know, you are the lead magnet. If you're looking yeah. for a lead magnet, you don't need the PDF or the webinar. Turn around and look in the mirror. Mm. You are it. People buy you. And that's where the disconnect seems to be. That leads us to the second V of your storytelling, right? Yeah. And it's like the way you present what it is you're doing um, in, you know, in that story, because people relate to stories. They want to see themselves reflected in there, right? They want to have some sort of synergy. And so presenting your story, not as a sales pitch, but as, you know, I always say in, inspiration begets invitation. And when people right. are inspired by you, they're invited by you, right? So that storytelling is really, really important, isn't it? Yes, it's, and, and that's the, the second V is, is about the vision, you know, mm. for the sharing your story and how do you show up and um, paying attention on that deeper level. Um, because as you say, you know, storytelling is thousands and thousands of years mm. old. As much as we have technology and communication and phones and everything and, and the internet, it still comes down to that, um, that emotional connection as one human to another. In fact, the, the first memories, childhood memories that most of us have, you know, three, four, five years older, when you're getting ready for bed, you just had a bath, you're surrounded by, you know, people eight o'clock at night just who love you the best and getting ready for, for bedtime. And what do you do? You ask, you know, tell me a story. Can I hear a story? So maybe it's a Bible story or Donald Duck or a family yeah. story. And, you know, but stories take us on adventures and they yes. take us, our minds and, you know, into an intriguing, curious place. And that's a really, really integral part of storytelling is how do you plant the seeds for a great story? And so it's curiosity, mm -hmm. strategic curiosity in these conversations with prospects so that they feel, and they feel that deep connection to you in a way that just is natural. It's not, you know, forced uh you know rapport building or anything like that it's just a simple conversation that feels you know heartfelt and good because it is yeah and yet i say many a time you know when i'm interviewing someone i'll look at their site and then um, i'm talking to them and i know that somebody else has done their site for them very generic it doesn't represent them at all and if i was going just off their site i would expect a totally different person and, you know, and we do hire people to do things for us, you know, to kind of share our story on different types of platforms. Um, but it's got to represent who you are. And it, there was one woman that was talking about that she was having this conversation with this woman and getting on famously with them, you know, um, from this particular company. And then she finally went out to meet this person. And this person said, who are you? And she'd been talking to the person who had been hired to write for her right <laughs> yeah. and it, and it was like a total disconnect a complete nosedive and disappointment all right and so i know that we're inclined to hire people to do things for us but we've got to give them that that template they've got to know who we are to represent who we are if they're going to do postings for us or write anything or even do our site because we lose sight uh, the fact that it is ourselves we're putting, it's our canvas, 
And if somebody is going to paint it for you, you've got to give them the right colors, the right content, the right vision. Uh, otherwise, it's not going to represent. Exactly. Yeah. And and what's interesting about it is that, you know, I, I've been a ghost writer for years. I've been writing news for 35 years. So I've ghost written thousands of articles and speeches and um, father of the bride speeches even. <laughs> um, but you, you've got to be able to capture the essence of yeah. the voice and use the words. Like, you know, people, like I'll read something. Somebody will say to me, you know, does this sound right? And I'm like, I know you for like six months. I've never heard you use this word, which is to yeah, your point yeah. about the website. I'm like, just be you, just say it. Yes. You know, and it doesn't have to be, we, we tend to think we have to go to the business formal mm -hmm. stuffy side. And it's like nobody, I, I always tell folks, avoid jar, jargon, yeah. adjectives yeah. and rhetoric. Nobody wants to hear it. Just, what do you do? Just tell me what it is. Yeah. Simple yeah. words. Yes. It, yeah. it lands yeah. much better. Yeah. You know, I'm, I want to feel it. I mean, we're, we're exactly. all tired yeah. of feeling numb, aren't we? We want to feel it. And um, it, it may look great on paper. You know, I think the pandemic has done a great deal in shifting our perspective on what and who is important. And we would revere the Fortune 500 and the big top CEOs in their ivory towers. And the pandemic has kind of completely switched the view to the people that are working at that street level, literally, you know, our nurses, our, our janitors, our truckers, our, um, you know, food per people, all those people that were in service of us that kept us alive, that kept us going. And we realized how valuable they are. But we bought into this illusion that you're only valuable if you're earning six figures, if you're the best seller, if you're the top notch this. And, and it's a, that's an illusion, isn't it? It really is. Um, you know, in, in my career in, in radio news, and as I mentioned, I was a reporter. I was on the radio every day for 10 years. And so I've interviewed everybody from homeless people to presidents. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, where that curiosity comes in because everyone has value. And everybody has a story to share. And that's where, you know, it's so nice to be able to use all these skills that I've amassed over the years, mm -hmm. um, you know, between radio news and being a PR director at a nonprofit and running the governor's office. And it's not to say, you know, oh, look at what I did. This is my resume. I don't need to talk about that. The only reason I'm bringing it up is that at the time, I'm like, why is this happening? You know, I don't get this. Sometimes, you know, things happen. It's like, I, I don't get, I'm getting tripped up or sidelined or whatever. So I'm not where I want to be. And then, as when I started my business, I'm like, oh, I see why I wound up, you know, doing this PR job for a year, which I loved at, you know, a statewide nonprofit. Now all the pieces fit nicely into the puzzle. Now it makes sense. And yes. sometimes we don't realize it, you know, a week, a week later, we, it'll click, a, oh, I get it, you know, or a year later or 10 years later, mm -hmm. or, you know, occasionally it, we're not meant to understand it. Just right. Happened. Yeah. Um, but, you know, things happen for a reason. So when we can connect the dots and put things together so it's easy for our clients and our prospects to get it so that they don't have to do so much of this mental energy and this thinking and, and guess what you do. That's where the magic starts to happen. I, you know, I always say that even the uh, misdirects are good redirects, you know, um, we go down some paths and we think, oh my God, how did I get here? Uh, you know, with these people doing this, how do I get out of it? And that's just a wonderful lesson learned. Do you know next time when you start seeing those signs, you're going to pay attention. You're not going to go down that road. And, you know, a lot of people go, oh, why me? And, you know, it's why not? It's just a part of your life lesson. Don't get stuck in it. You know, 
one of my sayings is all the time, there are emotions are there for a reason. Sad, glad, mad, angry. It's there for a moment. Spend the emotion and move on. Don't become emotional about it. And so if you went down a road that was a wrong direct, that really wasn't pleasant in any way, don't get caught up in the victimization of it. Just look at it as a lesson and you're going to pay attention that that never happens to you again. And yeah. you're also going to recognize in other clients that may have happened to prevent that happening for them. So even a dark road can shed light on things, right? So it's all about accumulating that experience that you now can share along with your clientele today. Exactly, yep. And it, and it, it does come full circle to what we talked about is just being fully present here and yeah. now, you know, and appreciating the conversations, whether it's with the janitor or the president of the company or anybody in between, um, just appreciating how they've shown up and what experiences they might have had that they're willing to share. You just have this common, you know, conversation, you know, small talk or whatever it is, but it makes a difference. You know, people leave impacts on your life, whether you know it or not. Um, so I, wonder, it, it, I want to talk about, you know, like you've interviewed homeless and presidents. Okay. And people look, oh, a president. And it's like, he's just somebody who stepped into service and has an enormous amount of responsibility on his shoulders and has to present himself each and every day or herself each and every day in a way that represents. A homeless person is just trying to get through every day um, and honor them and find a path for themselves. And they're representing the homeless community. We like to put people on different pedestals and, and levels, but when we come down to it, the common denominator of what we all want, what we all need, what we're all striving for in life is the same, isn't it? It is. It's that we need to feel connected to something, mm. something bigger than ourselves. And so whether it's the, um, you know, the community that you live in or, I mean, that's why I think about hashtags as, as funny as it sounds, you know, what is a hashtag? It's somebody, it's a group of people who are following the same thing, who are like mm. part of a sub community or a subcult or whatever. You know, even if it's like the World Series 2021 or, you know, um, the president or, you know, you go to a conference and there's a hashtag with the theme. Um, same thing. Um, it's just people looking to band together because we all need one another. It's, yeah. it's a community and that's what brings us all together. And that's the emotional part of the storytelling that's magic. You know, community and village is something I'm constantly referring to because I think we need to get back to the village mentality. Um, everybody in that village was only as strong as each other. That village was only as strong as each other's participation. Our community, whether it be online community within your actual physical community, your business community, again, it's each person putting their best instrument forward, creating a wonderful orchestra. Um, community is so important, isn't it? Because we've had the me, myself and I at the expense of others. And again, that is something we've looked at and go, well, we're tired of that. We're not going to entertain that anymore. Um, and, you know, we, we want to know what you're doing to contribute because we're all here to contribute. We're all here to serve one another. How important do you um, get people to understand how important community is in whatever service they're doing? Yeah, I think it's just as important as, you know, people will say, how do I build a Facebook community online? Mm. Or how do I, you know, uh, develop new new uh, prospects or new relationships in my community? I just moved out of, you know, to a new town. Um, it, it, again, you know, you, 
the, the cold keyboard will never replace a warm handshake. Right. Mm. A cold keyboard, we can hide behind it. Yes. Um, a lot of people hide anonymously, don't go on camera, don't use their real names, and they just lash out and rant at people and, you know, offend people, what have you. Um, but the way that we build communities is to show up and show up big, expecting nothing in return but a conversation. Mm-hmm. And you don't know where it's going to lead, but you have pure expectation that something really fun and curious yes. and adventurous and interesting is going to happen. And then it does, because yes. it's just that's what is coming you know, through the universe, through your energy and, and somebody else's energy as you say, wow, you know, I can't believe we met. And, you know, here we are doing this or that. And it's like, who would have thought, right? So uh, it's those it's good really, vibrations, right? Those good yeah, vibrations. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really important to be able to. And, you know, I think women tend to, to do this more, um, you know, as nurturers, as, you know, we, we bring life into the world. And so, um, you know, we're people, you know, we, we make the home and the holidays and we bring people together. And we're the, you know, it used to be the PTA moms. Now, now, of course, you know, things are different. But women tend to be more community builders and not take credit for what they do and like to kind of take, you know, own their, you know, if you win an award or if you are the person who saved the company $3 million and by having coming up with a, a new program or something, um, women will tend to say, oh, um, yeah, our team did it. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. I was the one that came up with that idea at three o'clock in the morning. Yes, our team did it, but it was my idea. So, you know, we need to you know, be able to kind of toot our own horn. Um, so community building is important. Um, men tend to say, hey, here I am, you know, leader of the parade. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're not, um, you know, not as, as community oriented in, in general. Again, mm-hmm. not to be, uh, you know, just to be politically correct or whatever. Obviously, right. there's, you know, different personalities. And changing quite considerably. You know, I do a lot of interviews of business people from around the world. And that... Um, community sense building that inclusivity that collaboration is most certainly changing quite radically where people are realizing you know people planet for profit not profit at the expense of people and planet um you know uh, that it is about uh, if everybody feels they're a part of something then you're going to have more abundance and more enrichment in the business and it's definitely changing it's not mainstream yet um, but it's definitely changing. I think we're going to see a great deal more practices from the men, um, you know, as the, as time goes by, because the tide is turning, so they say. I think I think we need to just have, you know, the the more um, diverse communities and conversations that we can have. I think the better off all of us are collectively. Let's go to the third V, the charismatic voice. It's oh, you know. Um, yeah. They, they say that your first impression is, and I have it right here, 55% is your body action. It's not whether you're wearing the Armani suit. You could be in jeans and t-shirt, but you're representing you. That immediately is like a, a snapshot of a photograph. 38% is your tone of voice. So how people are going to hear you is based on that tone, that resonance. Then it is only 7% content because, again, they've, they've got to buy you before they're going to buy any content. So that tone that you take with people uh, and the way that warmth that you are, uh, that invitation that you come up with is essential, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And what's interesting about it is that, um, you know, people as you say, you know, you don't even have to open your mouth and they just have to take a, you know, 
five seconds to make a judgment or, you know, yes. I like this person, I don't like this person or they're wearing this or wearing that or whatever. Um, but I'll, I'll show you something here because we're on camera a little bit. So when I, when I speak, this is what we do because I use that exact statistic actually is that mm -hmm. people are watching us, but they're not listening. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, put your fingers together, make a circle and put it on your chin. You did it. You did it. Yeah. Put it on your chin. You're watching me, but you're not listening. Ah, right. right. I got to watch it there, yes. Sarah. So <laughs> um, it's just a fun exercise, you know, of us learning our body parts and, you know, in public. Um, but it just really hits the message home that um, we need to have that content and be interesting to get people interested. Right. But to know that, um, you know, the body language and the movements. And that's what I that's what I do with NLP is I read body language. Um, but it's also interesting and people get nervous. They're like, oh my gosh, right? what am I doing? I'm like, no, no, you're, you're good. Um, but, you know, it, it's a great way to build rapport and to uh, connect with people. Um, and then the radio part from my, my background, you know, is using the voice. And, and what's interesting is when we talk about, you know, one of the V's, um, the fourth V really is, is vulnerable. People don't like to talk about vulnerability. I know. I think it's um, pretty good if you can give yourself and anyone else. But I will share something vulnerable with, with you guys right now is that um, when I worked on the radio, um, you know, and the voice is everything. So, you know, I could show, you know, the guys, I would work like, you know, four o'clock in the morning, morning drive, and the guys would show up in sweatpants, like with a baseball hat. They just brushed their teeth, threw on shoes and walked out the door. I actually got dressed and put on a little makeup, but, you know, <laughs> um, so the voice is everything. And, uh, you know, when we, when we don't feel like we have a voice, when we feel yes. like our story is valuable, I had this recurring dream for years and it haunted me um, that I walked into a small candy store near my junior high school in New Jersey and it was called Hector's. I walk into Hector's and the store is being robbed and I go to scream and I have no words. I have no voice. And I'm like, why? What is this? And it comes back to this vulnerable story of I'm an old school you know, trained journalist of before CNN and Fox and, mm. and all the online stuff is that you ask people questions as a news reporter and you don't infuse your opinion into mm -hmm. the conversation. So I was taught that my opinion didn't matter, mm -hmm. that I, it didn't matter what I thought, just put the microphone in, you know, get sound bites, record the, the, the voice, get the sound bites, write the story and go on the radio and do the newscasts. So in that process, I lost myself. Yes. Because I didn't know what I stood for. Right. And people would say to me, how do you feel about that? I'm like, hmm, the train's coming down the track. Which way do I jump? Right or left? Like, oh, no, my head's going to explode. <laughs> so um, I had to do some really deep work on myself to realize that my voice did matter. And what did I really stand for? And to overcome that dream of not having that voice, that I did have something valuable to say and to bring to the table and that other people wanted to hear it. And they did. I can relate to that. Um, I, my first five years of uh, doing the podcasting was purely audio. And I liked the anonymity of nobody knew who Sarah was other than what Sarah presented through the voice. Um, and then a friend, we were doing uh, shows together, co-hosting together, because I have many genres here on self-discovery media. And she said, no, it's time to go to video, Sarah. And immediately what came out of my mouth was, who wants to see this old bag on video? And oh, then no. the, the back of the voice goes, are you kidding? If they're deterred by the face, they're not ready for the content. 
you go. And it's like, but the immediate reaction was to put myself down, to feel insecure. And then, you know, all the spiritual work I've done, you know, coming forth and say, it's not about, I have 14 different audio platforms. If they don't want to see us, they can go and listen, right? You know, exactly. uh, you, you just give the different platforms, but, it, um, you know, immediately, am I enough? Am I enough? And, you know, or even when I started doing podcasting, I didn't even, you know, somebody said, I want you to be on my podcast. What's that? I didn't know. Nine and a half years ago, going on 10 years, I didn't know what a podcast was. And I did it live for the first 13 months. I call it the soap opera training because you are being thrown into the deep end and you've got to deal with things on the moment. And it was an excellent training ground. And that's when I really found my voice. And it was through the people that I interviewed and I call ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Uh, they're the people that are changing the world. They're the people that are making the difference in the lives of others. And, and it turned my life around considerably of that their voices matter. And those realizations do come to us at some point, you know, on our journey of life is that don't, don't get stuck in the fact, I don't have a voice. Will I ever find my voice? It's like, I don't have a voice. What am I going to do about it? Right. I clearly need to stand up and say that my voice matters. As you said, as an old reporter, an old way of doing it, it's only about what they are, what they are. That we want now through social media. And I think this is, again, something the pandemic has done. Um, all those talk shows, uh, you know, that five minutes people were on camera, makeup, this and that. So first year and off they go. Now it was being done by Zoom in their own homes, their own hair and makeup, uh, done from the host from their own home. And the content was longer and it was more relaxed and it was more truthful. And people go, I prefer this. I want this. Yes. There's more substance here. There's more relatability here. And a lot of them have not gone back to the old way of doing it because they realize people want more. And they realize that, hey, the person on CNN or MSNBC or whoever on, you know, they have a messy kitchen too. Yes. <laughs> Look at their office. Hey, they're Kids and beings. dogs running. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, as we said, you know, when we started to this conversation, it just be a human being. We're all the same. The president is the same as a homeless person. Yes. Yes. Just different circumstances, right? Yeah. Different opportunities in life, perhaps. You know, one of the, the, TV shows that I love is The Newsroom. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's absolutely excellent. Jeff Bridges in it. And it's it was done, I think, back in 2010. It was a three-part oh, oh, If you haven't, as a reporter, I can't believe you haven't seen it. But oh, I, I don't watch much, too much TV. But oh, no, it's on Netflix. On it's on Netflix. It's The Newsroom. And it is absolutely excellent. And it's basically about them wanting to get the news across with kind of without the bias. But what was happening is um, the dictation from the board or from the you know, promoters of what they can and cannot say. And the fighting against that, where the news was losing its news and now having to pander to, you know, to everything else. And, and it's just so well written. And I think you will really, really enjoy it. I have got to check that out no, for it, sure. <laughs> it's brilliantly done. It really is. And it really does show you um, how things have changed. We used to trust the news. We used yeah. to look at the news and trust it. And, you know, when they did those interviews, you know, we 
we felt that they really kind of honored the people they were interviewing and now it's as you said the cnn and the fox news when i say they take a pimple and make a volcanic eruption because it's so much about their own opinion which is not always their own opinion it's the opinion they've been told sensationalize everything sensationalize everything fear sells the more we've got people in fear and panic and the more control we have over them and we don't trust the news anymore because of that and i think this is why people are going to other means podcasting and other ways of getting content because we haven't yet been contaminated by other people's well, you know, it, it's, it's interesting that you know everything that we hear you know whether and i i, I don't watch much of the news um, because I don't, I mean, I was the news right. <laughs> and I don't even pay attention to much of it because I don't want to get caught up in those. It's all stories. Yeah. It's all stories. And so I'd rather, you know, hear a happy story. Yes. Um, I'd rather just, you know, sh- talk to people and hear real stories yes. instead of just watching whatever they think we want to hear. So I, I just tend to, you know, go the, to the grassroots storytelling. I, I agree. I agree. And I mean, that's why so much more podcasting is coming up nowadays is um, yep. because people are willing to share of themselves more in depth. And the people yep. who are listening, it again, inspiration begets invitation and invites them to open up with themselves, with people around them, because we've been so guarded for so long. We've been on the defense for so long. And I think this, you know, this illusion of the sales pitch of, you know, you're only successful if you're Fortune 500, earning six figures, wearing the Armani, driving the fast car, mixing with that crowd. Anybody else underneath that is just a wannabe. And that is just so far from the truth. And we bought into that illusion. And I think what that illusion is crumbling right now. And, you know, going back, we want it real. We want your truth. We want your vulnerability. We want your honesty because I can then give you mine. You know, I'll share an interesting quick story with you. My um, my grandmother, who I had a profound relationship with both my grandparents, but my grandma, um, she was born in Brooklyn in 1899 and she lived to be 95 years old. And she wasn't well educated, but she was very, very wise. Mm-hmm. And so she, um, when I gave the eulogy at her funeral, um, I talked about how that no matter how old she was or where she lived, she always opened the door and greeted people with the same five words. She would say, what can I give you? Mm -hmm. But she didn't have money or diamonds Mm -hmm. or bank accounts. She gave of herself. Yes. And that is far more priceless than anything she could have left in the will. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, that's always the mantra and the the, uh, premise of how I I live my life because it summed up the core of her life Mm -hmm. is what, what can I give you? How can I be of service? What do you need here? right now that I can help you with. Um, whether it's just opening up the door for somebody that's got some bags in their hand or a baby mm-hmm. carriage or a smile. You know, <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. It doesn't have to cost anything. It's just, again, the gift of your attention that I mentioned a while ago mm-hmm. is paying attention to what's going on around you and how you can help somebody else. And that's the beauty of storytelling and of paying attention and, and that listening. Um, it all comes together as <laughs> yes, this is life. Yes. Um, you know, I think, um, when we're willing to be kind of vulnerable, lay ourselves on the, on the line, leave, I don't like competitive and I don't like comparison. I don't like those two words. Uh, I, you know, um, compare an apple and orange. Well, you can like them both, folks. 
you guys may have a different preference of a different time, or maybe you want to mix them together in a fruit salad. Why is it we have to compare all the time? Leave the competition for the games, you know, competing against one another. Well, why can't we collaborate and support one another and boost one another up? Uh, why can't we be there for when a business is struggling and they can be there for you too? And also in the celebration of life as well. I think it goes back to that community, right? I like cohesiveness. And I like compassion. And I think if we could actually come from a place of compassion, we would be of so much better service because ultimately, folks, we're all here to contribute. We're all here to be of service to one another. And, that, and the more we are of service to one another, not at the cost of ourselves, and that, you know, don't mean spend yourself so completely that you're depleted, because some people do that more than receive. Um, but the greatest gift we can get back is knowing that we've been of service to someone else. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's interesting. I've told my kids is that, you know, they were growing up and and even now I help up. I always think, you know, how can I be a person of excellence? Mm. How can I be a person mm. of excellence? And, and here's just a quick example. Um, my husband has his, uh, he works, we both work from home um, before the pandemic. So everyone's like, oh, how are you managing with the pandemic? I'm like, <laughs> It's really yeah, not a big do. deal. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the masks and the health and, yes. you know, going out and stuff, but at home, it, it's just the same old, same old. So um, Andrew, my husband has a power strip in his office and I went to take uh, the phone charger out and I took the charger out, the power strips on the floor. And the next morning I go back to put the phone charger back and I put it on his, on the desk and nobody was there. I start to walk out and I'm like, wait a minute. I took the phone charger from the power strip on the floor. I didn't take it from the desk. It was plugged in. So I'm like, bend down. <laughs> this is what's going on in my head. Bend down, plug the damn thing in <laughs> and be a person of excellence. Cause I mean, he would never look, we're married 32 years. He wouldn't right. say, you know, my gosh, you, you, what happened to my charger? It would have been fine. But yes. I knew that. Yes. Yeah. So I little things, a person of excellence. little things, right? Little things. Yeah. You know, there, there are so many people that have interviewed that are on the kindness campaign on the sharing of a smile, you know, of exactly. living in gratitude. And it's kind of sad that they're on that campaign, but they're there to remind people, you know, how much just smiling at someone, you know, going to get your coffee from a barista that's been inundated. How's your day, love? And they can find, you know, it's going to get better. You're doing a great job. Recognition, yeah, exactly. recognition. I see you, right? I appreciate you. The well, paying, you paying it forward, right? It comes down to the, you know, to the, to the voice. It's like, we mm. want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be, mm. nobody likes to be ignored. And it, whether it's the matron in the ladies room in the, in the restroom yeah. or the barista or the janitor, whoever it's that, you know, when you thank them and you take the minute to just connect with them again, as a human being, you know, it, life is, life is easier. I was at a, um, a stoplight the other day and it was bucketing with rain. I don't know if you know what's happened here in British Columbia, but we have had yes. some dreadful things happen um, and it's going to affect us for months to come and a lot of lives. My daughter lost one of her colleagues, friends in the mudslide that still haven't found him. So a lot of trauma going on here, but I was uh, driving in the rain and then while I'm waiting at the light, there's this guy in the pouring rain gathering up leaves. Now, my daughter had already twisted her ankle slipping on a leaf, right, on the sidewalk. And this guy says, picking up all the leaves, nowhere near her house. And it's bucketing with rain. And I just warmed down my window. I said, thank you. And he looked at me like, 
you see me <laughs> you acknowledge me <laughs> you know i said yeah. thank you so much for doing that oh okay you know and it's like for a brief second he was seen and how much does it take for us to wind down the window and say thank you to someone love it love it and i, I gratitude i mean i think that is the same approach that we need to bring in our business you know it's we are seeing more entrepreneurs today than ever ever in the history of time and a great deal of those are women you know they're tired of working for the corporations uh being passed over or they've um, they've started off on one thing and created other things because they've seen a need and they want to be of service to that particular calling but they may not all have the business acronym behind it or the presentation and let's face it when it comes to social media and any form of other marketing it changes almost daily so having that core of what is important how we can step forth be ourselves be our real selves and have our business being seen that is so very very important but i think the other thing is let's leave numbers out of it how many followers do you have who cares is how many people are you engaged with how many people are you following how many people are you having a conversation with stop looking at having the whole state and just look at the village and if you're serving those people in the village it will ripple out but it's like keep it in perspective right yeah it's it, it reminds me of a story that seth godin shared with me um when i met him um in person and we, we inter i interviewed him and he said uh you know you can have three thousand followers on facebook or on twitter or wherever um but you really know who your friends are, the valuable people, you know, who you, you're connected with when you're stuck at the airport in Indianapolis and it's three o'clock in the morning and you call somebody who you know from town and they say, stay put, I'm coming over to pick yeah. you up, you can sleep on my couch. Right. Those are your friends, not yes. the Facebook friends that, you know, are yeah. just connections or what have you. It, it goes much deeper. To do with actually BC and a story that was on the news yesterday that just brought tears to my heart is um. I, I can't remember from where California or somewhere. Anyway, they were coming down with, um, I think, fifty-five dogs or something for families in in the Vancouver area, and because of our whole Trans Canada Highway disintegrated, literally, folks, it's crumbled, it's gone. The railway lines are gone. They were stuck, and so they put a, a, a thing out there looking for foster people for the dogs temporarily until we can get through. And he put it up on Facebook, less than an hour, people were there, all 55 dogs taken care of for as long as they need until they can get these dogs, you know, to, to the new owners. That's community. That's, that's how we terrific. can use social that's terrific media, community. right? Yeah. And that yeah. thing is, uh, when we use it right, it works, folks. It works. Stop looking at posting things for your pitch, pitch, pitching all the time, or telling people how marvelous you are, or that you're the one and only, you're the bestseller, you're the this and that, because it turns people off. They want to know, do you hear me? Do you see me? Can you interact with me? Or are you too busy promoting yourself to actually be of service to me? Really good. <laughs> really good. I know you've got a new program coming up. So what's your new program? How do people become a part of it? And how do people get hold of you? Appreciate you asking that. So the, the program is called Speak Up and Sell. And it's uh, a six month online coaching program, small group. And it's all what we've talked about um, in this past hour. It's about how to 
uh, use NLP to reprogram your mind so that you can get rid of those foundational blocks, what's stopping you from reaching your real potential. So you get your story straight. I give you the templates to write your short introduction, your long introduction. And then we go into the um, marketing of the deep listening of how to know exactly what your dream clients want, how to communicate effectively with them so that they know that you get them, um, give you all the, the uh, templates and everything that I've used. And then as you start to position yourself as a subject matter expert, as a professional and a leader, and you start to feel mm-hmm. empowered that you are that leader, that you are that person, because you have a new story to share and a new soundtrack in your mind. Um, then as a, again, as a reporter, I teach you how to pitch your story either to podcasters or to the media or to uh, event organizers for conferences so that you're the guest expert and the subject matter expert uh, as a trusted authority in your field. So you can get paid speaking engagements, grow your business, get the social cred that you want with the logos online um, and network and talk about yourself in such a way that people are drawn to you because they feel connected to you. It's not a sales pitch. It's not awkward. It's just you being aligned, having a casual conversation and uh, speak up and sell is, you know, we've had such success with the other programs that we've had at, it hasn't, I, I pulled everything together into this one program. It starts January 3rd. Um, we're doing early bird now, actually, because in starting December, everybody's like, oh, nobody's around for the holidays. Everybody's busy, you know, and no decision makers around. It's like, no, if you don't have clients or you never learned how to sell, this is the program because all you have to do is learn how to connect your story to your prospects, because again, you are the lead magnet. Yeah. So um, Speak Up and Sell is the name of the program. My website is sueyoungmedia.com and all the information is on there. You can save some money if you register early. And uh, again, we start January 3rd. So there's you know clients of mine that have gotten, as you, you'll see on the page when you scroll it, is that there's 400 to 700% return on investment. Mm-hmm. They're closing deals. They're feeling better about themselves. They're beating out big competitors because they are listening for the little nuances and they know how to pay attention at a deep level so that they're picking up on all the little details that their competitors are distracted by and they miss. So um, it's, it's really a unique blend of NLP, of storytelling, psychology, and communication. So it's called Speak Up and Sell. And it's on sueyoungmedia.com. And, Correct. You know, the other thing is um, a lot of people, entrepreneurs, um, you know, they don't have a big budget that people would have had in the past. But if you don't invest in the right way to do it, you're not going to get your return uh, or you're going exactly. to struggle all the way along the line. So you have to just write it off as a business investment. Come back out of your taxes or whatever later. It's part of your investment in your business so that your business can give you a return. And it's really important to remember that, that we actually do need to invest in our business because if we don't, we don't grow. And so I think it, it really, it really comes down to, you know, as entrepreneurs, we are our business. Mm-hmm. And so that story that you tell yourself, I, I, I can't afford this. I can't do that. I have unlimited, I, whatever the excuses is the story is that that's what you start to live. And until you, you know, I, the one thing that I'm like super proud of myself for is that I always invested in myself from the time I started, when I didn't have the money, I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm, I'm resourceful. Yeah. We have the resources, but are you being resourceful? Yes. So, yes. Um, because you're, you're investing, you know, this is really, it's about professional development, but it's personal development. There's no blurry line there. It, it, you have to grow and expand, um, especially in today's competitive, you know, technologically 
uh, chaotic world. Um, and the first way, you know, if you don't like the results that you have in your business, whether it's the number in your bank account or the number of clients or the car in the driveway, turn that mirror around mm. and reflect inward. It's all you and it's all me. And so, you know, when things are slow, it's like, what am I doing? What, what, how can I be better? How can I become a person of excellence? You know, uh, all social media is an algorithm. Yeah. We are algorithms. Uh, what you plant, what you water, what, um, what you nurture is what's going to grow. Um, social media gets a bad rap. And yes, some of it's a whole load of crap on there. But that's what they're feeding. You don't need to respond to that. You build your own community of people that are like-minded, like heart, like sold, and you support one another and you will see how you will grow, how those seeds will grow. But always remember to water and nurture those seeds that you've grown and make sure the seeds that you grow are always of possibilities. Don't allow the negativity in there because weeds can grow very fast and stifle them. So, you know, weed your garden as you go and make sure there's no thoughts that get in the way. And uh, yeah, everything is an algorithm. So just make sure you're on the good vibrations, right? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so wonderful having you here. Thank you so much. So folks, it's Sue youngmedia.com please go and take a look she offers a great deal up there uh, maybe this course is for you don't forget there's an early bird right now so that you can get in there if you've got a business that's struggling or a business that is young or a business that you just want to change you've had to pivot directions because of covid um, and you want to go in a new direction you need the help you need the help from the experts that this is where the, her journey, this is her meaningful purpose, and she can help you with your meaningful purpose, because that's what community does. So please reach out to her, take a look, have a chat, see if it's right for you. And just be proactive, because nothing happens if we just sit back and wait. We need to be interactive and proactive in our lives. So thank you so much, Sue. Thank you, Sarah. It's, it's been a lovely conversation. I appreciate okay. it. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you so much for sharing. And until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here at selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.